Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, people. This is uh, Carl, and we're going to do our Bible study uh, on Freedomizer Radio for the next 90 minutes. Uh, Raven will be joining us as a a co-host and actually one who uh, discusses each scripture with uh, with us uh, and joining the Bible study. And uh, we invite you uh, to call in if you'd like to, to make a comment or to ask a question or whatever you would like to do uh, relevant to what we're doing. Uh, the phone number, and this is a number that is toll-free anywhere in continental United States. Uh, it's toll-free anywhere in continental United States, either from a cell phone or a landline. And that number is 319-527-6208. 319-527-6208. And uh, if, you, if you call in and have a question or a comment, and this is not a hard and fast rule, uh, because truthfully we have very few people who call in but um, you want to comment comment uh, on anything biblically uh, but ideally uh, if you have ideas about the scripture we're reading or want to add something to it or ask a question relevant to the scriptures we're reading it would be very helpful to everybody me included because remember, I'm looking at this the same way you are. We're seeing one view. Uh, I was born and raised in New York City. And, uh, you know, we had huge buildings, obviously. And uh, you could walk for 20 minutes around a building uh, and stop and take different views and different shots of, of, of the same building. But depending on who you were, where you were, it would be a little bit of a, the same building, the same uh, the same conversation piece, but you're seeing something different than someone else did. And that's a, an analogy I come up with. Hopefully it makes sense. Uh, but we're going to go ahead today and we're going to start uh, the study where we left off. We left off in 1 Samuel chapter 4. And we're going to read verse 1. And be honest with you, moving on, my intention is to do 1st, 2nd, and 3rd Samuel. And then uh, we're going to go into some other areas, which may even be uh, probably going to move into the New Testament. Uh, When Raven gets on, we're going to start. And I'm going to just have her read... uh, I'm going to have her read 19, 20, and 21 of chapter 3 before we get into doing 1 Samuel chapter 4. In fact, I'll read them, being she hasn't called in yet. Uh, in fact, I'm going to I'm going to start I'm going to start with uh, actually read 1 Samuel 3:15. It says, Samuel laid until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. 
And then 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God do so to thee, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he, meaning the Lord, has said to you, meaning Samuel. And Samuel told him every whit and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what he seems good. And this is what Eli is saying, a little light in his life that he finally condescended to allowing God to rule in his life. In fact, much too late. There comes a time where God draws a line in the sand. He Remember, he gave the Israelites who he delivered out of Egypt miraculously and gave them uh, how many years? He gave them 40 years, and they still would not turn. They would not turn from their wickedness. And he said, they will never enter my rest, which has eternal consequences. And that's in Hebrews chapter 3, 7 through 11. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord had revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I have the word of the Lord here in my Bible. I have brackets around it and underlined in red. God reveals himself to us, folks, through the word, through his word. There is so much degrading today by the modern Laodicean supposed Christian church about the Word of God. There are even major denominations, major followings in this country that are now putting the Koran in the churches with the Bible. We have gone completely insane. Our people... How are people uh, degrading the Bible? When you're giving sermons from sermon.com, you're using stories to give lectures with that are supposedly God-inspired sermons. Why? In a Bible that has got 66 books in it, every word inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that's in 2 Timothy 3.16 and 2 Peter 1.20 and 21 every word inspired by the Holy Spirit. What is wrong with us today that we, with men who are supposedly college graduates or not college graduates, but are ordained ministers, and in some cases they're not ordained, they may be voluntary people, but why, out of 66 books, they don't feel that the Holy Spirit and him alone can provide them with a spiritual, meaningful 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, 45-minute sermon, we'll call it. That is something that fascinates me beyond fascination. But again, we're paying the price. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, pray, 
and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will heal the land. And if anybody thinks that this land is being healed, then we're in a different planet, a totally different planet. We have got to make a decision in our lives, folks. Are we going to get back? Are we going to get back to the scripture or are we going to go along with the rest of the Laodicean church today that thinks it's comical to make jokes? And I'm quoting well-known evangelists, nationally known, even by those who don't claim to be religious or followers of Christ. There is no need for the Bible today. The Bible is not relevant to today, and today is not relevant for the Bible. If I were to tell you who said that, you would probably be annoyed at me and angry and 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 say I'm a troublemaker. But that's that is something that is in writing. And then another one, another very famous, maybe more so popular than the first one, made a comment years ago that was recently taken off of their website because of pushback that I have never read the Old Testament and don't intend to. We've got denominations that are only preaching and teaching out of the scripture, the words in red, when every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We want to change this nation, folks. And I'm telling you, I have been, in 1964, I was 21 and able to vote. And I've never missed voting. I vote in the midterms. I vote in in local elections, state elections, but the problem and solution is not politics. It is, according to 2 Chronicles 7.14, it is the people of God who have not humbled themselves, turned back to God, seek his face, pray, and stop their sinning, That is the cause of the problem and the solution of the problem to the United States and every other power or area that has become a world power and is collapsing. We are collapsing from the inside out, and it's moral decay from within. It always has been. It always will be. So now I'm going to go ahead and start in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1. The word of Samuel came to all of Israel. Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in Apex. Okay, now here we have Samuel now leading Israel, now guiding Israel. And Israel went out to fight the Philistines. This is going to get very interesting. The Phil- and remember, Israel was going through a period here where Eli was the, was the priest, and he had two sons uh, who were called in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 12. They were called sons of Belial, which is Satan, the devil. And they led Israel away from God, and they did nothing. Samuel, or not Samuel, 
uh, Eli, the priest, did absolutely nothing to correct his own family, his two sons, who were called by the Bible, sons of Belial. He did nothing to correct them whatsoever. And he did nothing to turn Israel back to God. And they had disaster, disaster after disaster. Now, Israel is now turned, uh, is now going to, there's going to be another battle going on. Israel went out against the Philistines to battle and pitched beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines pitched in a place called Apex. And the Philistines put themselves in array against Israel, and when they joined the battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. Is this going to get their attention, folks? Obviously, it did for a short period of time because the whole book of, of Judges, we saw that for 450 years, roughly, that they went through nine different apostasies. And every time they repented, God gave them another judge. They turned back to God for a short period of time, sometimes no more than 10 years, sometimes up to 50 years, and they had prosperity. Again, everything goes back to Second Chronicles 7.14, if you believe that. If you don't, we're reaping the re- well, we're reaping the rewards of what we sow. In Galatians, it says, God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you will reap. And baby, are we ever reaping it. And again, even a person who claims to be an atheist, even though there's debate that you can't be an atheist, and I understand those statements, but a person who claims to be, they are now concerned about the moral degradation of this country. And it goes right back to where? where judgment is going to start, that Peter in his epistles says, judgment will start at the house of God, the church. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, you cannot, you have to, you have to look at that. You could not misunderstand that the cause of the failure of a nation is because the church has failed and turned from God. So here we have, Israel doing this whole run. Okay, you there? Obviously. Hey, Carl. I am yep. here. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and say a prayer and for the, everybody on here, including us, and uh, we will proceed with First Samuel chapter four. Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day, which although it's very hot outside and keeping beautiful, cool inside, and I pray that everyone else is as well. We come before you now asking you to bless us as we go forth in this study, continue studying about Samuel, and we know that you definitely will guide us, lead us, give us the words to speak as, as we study with him, as you have in the past. And we're excited to learn more and to hear everything that you have to show us. And uh, we hope that those who are about to listen feel the same. And we're looking forward to hearing the wonderful things that you bless us with today. In Christ's name, amen. All right. 
All right, why don't we go ahead and turn to First Samuel chapter 4, verse 1. Yeah. And remember last week we talked about how Eli told Samuel to tell him what the Lord was going to do in his kingdom. He knew he was going to be punished. He knew he was a, an unworthy priest. He knew his sons were were satanic, which the Bible says they are in First Samuel 2.12. Uh, and he mm-hmm. did absolutely nothing. He was a failure, folks, in yep. every way, as much as the ministry is today. They are sanctioning in Christian denominations, sanctioning things that one generation ago or even less, people would have been appalled to even think happens in this country. No less denominations of so-called Christianity uh, sanctioning it. Not only sanctioning it, demanding it. So let's go ahead and uh, verse read verse twenty one at First Samuel three, and then start in First Samuel chapter four. Okay, verse twenty one of three. Okay, yes, last verse. You know, I have to tell you something. It, it <laughs> it's interesting. It's so interesting that, you know, there's a verse, and let me find it, because this just blew me away yesterday. Absolutely, this is something that, now we haven't specifically, we haven't specifically studied this verse yet, but it's, it has to do with what we have been studying. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, verse Mm -hmm. 11, and it says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So, you know, every time he gives us the word, every time we go out and and speak it and study it, and he tells us, you know, he talks to us through it. it it's always going to have a purpose, right? And 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 we've talked, you know, we've studied Samuel and we've we've read Daniel recently and everything. And something that I don't remember if this came, Carl, because well, I know that that you and I have been studying Daniel lately, and and in Daniel. Explicitly, it talks about, um, and you and I talked about this uh, just the other day, about how uh, Michael, the archangel, you know, it came forth to help because Daniel had prayed and um, uh, and he was fighting, struggling, because for a while, for three weeks actually it was, he didn't get any help. And sometimes we feel like we go for months, even years sometimes, or sometimes just weeks without hearing from God. Yep. And yep, someone yep. else, yep, well, someone else made a comment very similar to me uh, just yesterday. And so what you and I have been studying, immediately God brought that back to me, immediately. And, and so that verse, God, you know, speaks to us, will not come, you know, doesn't come back void, you know, that immediately that verse came back to me because 
that's so true. When when we put our minds forth to study his word, when when we really study it and not just as as you've commented before, not just go out and try to, you know, read through the whole Bible in ninety days or something, you know, just kind of zip through it, then it will not come back void. God will use it in our lives and remind us of verses like this as we need them, as, as he purposes to use them. I, I oh, just it wanted happens to, every day. God just, every day. Yes. Yeah, and God just reminded me of that as we were, for some reason, as we were reading this, um, because oh, that's fine. I, I guess because, yeah, because this study, as we're doing it now, you know, there's going to be things that as we go throughout the week, the day, the month, whatever, God will say to us, remember that study, remember that verse that hit you so hard. Now Absolutely. is the time that you can use that. Yeah. Well, look, look at I verse 21. That, you Look at 21 yeah, you yeah. just read. How did yeah. God the reveal Lord himself to Samuel? Samuel? Yes. How? How did Through he the reveal word of the Lord. Amen. Through and the folks, word that of is the Lord. Where that's where we've gone haywire in the churches today. We got mainline yeah. denominations out there who have Korans in the in the church pews along with the Bible. We have pastors who ridicule, and sometimes it really is ridicule, the word of the Lord. You don't need to have a 500-pound yeah. Bible to go to heaven. That is true, but it's a stupid statement. What they're doing is they're degrading the word of God. That's why this country is in the deep stuff we're in yeah we don't want to listen to the word of the lord anymore we do not want to listen to the word of the lord anymore yeah right now i have several bibles now i'm not saying oh yeah look at me but what i'm saying is i you know i've got i've got one in you know in my bedroom i've got one in my bookcase i got one right next to my you know uh table in the living room i've got couple of them on my phone. My point is not, oh, hey, I'm so holy because I've got so many Bibles. My point is, you know, that it's, it's good to have them available to you so that as you are, you know, going throughout your day, wherever you are, you have the ability to seek out his word as you find it necessary instead of just trying to think about, oh, you know, what should I do? What what should I do in this instance? Go to the Word of God. Go to the Word of God. You know, don't just Amen. try to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry well, I kind I of uh, broke just, in there. Okay, but. Based, hold on. Based on what you're saying, I want you to go to First Samuel 8. Okay. I'm there. And I want you to read verse 6. And before you read it, this is where Mm -hmm. I see the churches heading at breakneck speed. Breakneck speed, this is where the churches have been heading. And they're getting increasingly Mm -hmm. worse. I'm telling you, it went back, Raven, it went back from sermons that I heard from books written by supposedly Christian authors to then sermons and Bible studies done on not novel books by Christian authors, 
but by commentaries of man. The the ministry today has totally spit in the face, and I'm talking about, I shouldn't say totally. The great part of the ministry today has degraded the Bible to where the jerks like me, and I was a jerk, we sit there and think, oh, you don't really need a 500-pound, 400-pound Bible. Now, isn't that a stupid statement? When you listen to that 400-pound Bible to go to heaven, you know right now that somebody is being sarcastic toward the Scripture. Yes. Yes. Why would you even say that, Raven? Hold up. Yeah, hold on. Why would you even say that, folks, in a church? You don't need a 400-pound Bible. You want to just say, like our pastor Rands did today, he said, folks, all the money you give will not save your soul. All your religious discipline and your religious performance and all your religious obedience will not save your soul. Your baptism by water will not save your soul. Why don't they just say that the Bible in itself, reading it, is not something that saves your soul? Why do you have to say you don't need, or like a man who recently retired said, the Bible is not pertinent today, today not pertinent. Why would an ordained minister say that? Does this, do you get the point I'm making, folks? I'm not trying to be oh, yeah. cruel to anybody. Why would a person be supposedly called by God, supposedly right. called by God, why would you say yeah. something like that? Sarcasm, disdain for the word of God. Now, I want you to read 1 Samuel 8, 6, and this was where Israel told God, we no longer want you ruling over us. And trust me, folks, the United States of America has been in this vein, in my opinion, this is only an opinion, for the last hundred years. Yes, I agree. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, king, to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Okay, now go over to verse, uh, go over to verse twenty-one and twenty-two. We're going to play around with God. We're going to make fun of the Bible. We're going to give sermons and Bible studies from man's books that they've written. We're going to give sermons and Bible studies from commentaries rather than the Bible. Read twenty-one and twenty-two. I, I'm going to start in eighteen, if that's okay, because I think it's relevant. What? Um, I'm going to start in verse 18, if that's okay, because I think it's relevant. I don't care. Raven, Um, here, you can add. I'm just pointing you to where to go. If you add a verse, I don't care. Okay. And you will cry out in that, and you will cry out in that day because of your king who you have chosen for yourself, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. I I think we're there right now. Oh, we've been there. Yes. Yeah. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, no, but we will have a king over us, that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, keep their voice. The Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice, 
and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. You know, that's got to be some of the saddest, that's got to be some of the saddest verses in the Bible, (laughs) you know, other than that, where we were, where we fell in Genesis, in Genesis, you know, very sad. But this is exactly where I see much of the modern church directing us. Yeah. Now, am I saying that it's the unforgivable sin if you use an iPad or a phone to read the Bible? That's getting silly, folks. That's right. getting silly. What I am saying is these evil preaching and teaching for the at least the last 73 years that I've been listening to supposedly God-called men, they're more and more increasing and getting away from the Bible and making little snide remarks about it and little jokes that we laugh at uncomfortably, uncomfortably, because we know it's wrong. I want you to read verse 17. Go to First Peter 4 and read 17. And, folks, this is okay. not going to happen. This is happening right now. First Peter 4, 17 is in process, full blown, right now. All right. Right, let me get there. Oops, that's Timothy. We are there. Many years ago, in the times when you had a little black and white TV, maybe a a, a ten inch screen or something, there was a program that I. I'm, I'm going to say Edward R. Murrow, but I could be wrong, was hosting called you are, We Are There. And what Raven's going to read here in First Peter 4, 17, we are there. It's not coming. Yeah. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins and that's where with it's us going first, to begin, folks. Yeah. That's where it's it going to begin. With us, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Yeah. So we're right there, and First Samuel, folks, is nothing different than we're doing today. We're out there fighting political wars, which you should vote. I didn't never said don't. I've never missed an election. I don't intend to until I can. Right. But politics, folks, is not the solution to the moral problem of our own lives, our family, or of the United States of America. It is religion. It is spiritual decay from within. The same thing that brought down the Roman Empire. There was no other empire that I'm aware of. The Roman Empire was all of it. But guess what? God took them down in a whim. So let's continue then. Let's go ahead and continue with 1 Samuel 4.1. And I don't want you to look at this as history. This is what has happened to Israel time after time, 450 years during the book of Judges. They had nine different apostate periods. And for nine times they suffered for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years losing two or 3,000 men in a battle in one day. And we're doing the same thing in this country. Do you know I read the other, this week, or not read, heard, of the, of the, the different food major corporations that are processing food and farms 
are owned right now by a foreign enemy? Yes. And I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can mention the names of the companies. That's not what I'm looking to do. I'm not criticizing anybody by name. But, folks, once they, once they own our food supply, as they say in football, you're, we're toast. We're done. Yeah. So go ahead with you know, Samuel four one. Yeah. I, I saw yesterday, Carl, that the American Obstetrics Association, I believe it is, uh, is, is either the Obstetrics Association or the Gynecological and Obstetrics Association is now calling for complete, complete national um, allowance of uh, abortion up to and including birth. Oh, yeah. And this is just just happened. Hold on. Sin never gets enough, folks. Now, we have sat by, and when I say we, the pronoun we includes the great me, we have sat by and done nothing about abortion since 1972. Oh, do we protest? Do we get in churches and yell and sure do? But we've done nothing. Okay. Right. Sin never gets enough. These are the very people that deliver babies that are taking care of, supposedly. Hold on, hold on, Raven. Sin never gets Mm -hmm. enough, folks. You want to start with abortion? You know what's going to happen now? For 51 years, I've sat on my haunches doing nothing about it. Oh, I complain. I talk like a big authority and a powerful adversary on to, to in a private little group where I know there's no enemy. You know what's going to happen? Right. Trust me, this is going to happen even though I may not live to see it. The next step, they're now going to kill babies after they're born. That's coming. That's already happened in this country. The next step is already happening, yeah. Guess who's been – well – the next step is guess who's going to be eliminated next once they justify killing a live baby? It's going to be you and I, the old folks who are right. sucking up the Social yeah. Security money. You don't think that's yeah. going to happen? Again, we, we're in a different planet. It'll also once be you, mentally disabled. It'll oh, also absolutely. be the very anybody disabled. Who's a, anybody who's a drain on the system, isn't that the mentality yeah. of Adolf Hitler? Same thing. Yes. yes. We are absolutely. Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave said one time, "You cannot plant grapes and get apples. It ain't going to happen, folks. We right. are justifying killing babies. The next ones who are going to get killed are going to be the people who 51, 52 years ago, and moving forth through the last half century, have absolutely done nothing." out of our comfort zone to put an end to abortion. I'm not talking about carrying a darn sign. I'm talking about risking your risking your 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 reputation, risking your job, risking political yeah. we've done nothing. And guess who's gonna be the next one? Sin never stops. Religion never yeah. stops. It taunts everything you've yeah. got. And all religion is sin. The only thing that is not sin is faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I'm going to tell Amen. you something. Even though I'm 80, 
and I may not live to see it, although I think I will. The next step after justifying killing babies who have been given birth to is going to be to take those who are draining the Social Security system, which is people like I. That's coming. It's happened you know, before. It happened. It happened in my lifetime during Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Well, you, you know, this just reminded me. This re- this reminded me of something uh, on social media the other day. I, I, I noticed they were talking about, um, you know, this really bad. Some of this really bad stuff that's going on politically right now, and just blah blah blah. I'm not going to go into. Oh, it's, it's know, a joke. It's a joke. It it is. But it doesn't matter who you're for, you know. The, the point is, this guy was saying, you know, uh, there's going to end up being a revolution, you know, or whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And he said, but anyway, what his, his comment was, he said, they don't understand. If something doesn't change soon, it's going to be, people are going to get Too so late. upset that it's good. He said it's going to be bi- biblical propor- proportions. And I said to him, I said, you know, you have no idea just how right you are, actually are, <laughs> you know, because people are saying this right now. Oh, bibl- it's going to be biblical. It's going to be biblical. But they don't really realize no. how correct their comment is. And he, but his comment back to me was, oh, you're so right. We're just going to, we're going to take over and we're going to this, this, and this. And so I let it go because he, he really doesn't understand. Even after I said that, that no, people have no idea. Yeah, you know, because people don't. They have no, when they make comments like that, they have no idea how close to the truth they, their comment is, You're right. it is going to be You're biblical, right. literally biblical. It's a, it's, a, it's a cliche that fits, but they are right. And what they're saying, yeah. it's going to end up in the wrath of God. And Jesus in Matthew 24 says that's going to be a period unlike has ever happened in the world or ever will happen again. Yeah. I mean, people are going to but be begging think... to commit suicide. Hold on. People are going to be begging yeah. to commit suicide, and they're not going to be allowed to. Biblical proportions, right. that's an understatement. Right, right. They think that they're going to make it some biblical proportions. But no, 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 no. This is going to be literally God. <laughs> it God, is going to right. be biblical, all right. But it's not going to be because they've made anything biblical. This nope. is going to be, and it's, it's going to be, going to be final God's final song. It is That's his right. final. But we're working yeah. up to it, yeah. folks. And the churches yeah. in America in the last 73 years that I have been going to church conscious of it. I'm 80 years old. Yeah. I would say about seven, eight years old, I became conscious of it. So 72, 73 yeah. years. I can honestly say money and works has been the, the mantra of so-called Christianity. And that is yes. Revelation three fourteen through 17. That is the church of Laodicea. And the church of Laodicea is the last church which we are. And Jesus Christ, even in Jezebel's church, had at least one or two good things to say about the churches, all of them. The only church that he says five adjectives 
and all are condemning is the church of Laodicea, which we are today. We are rushing into the gates of hell at breakneck speed. So let's go ahead then back to 1 Samuel 4, and let's watch. I don't want you to take this just as history. This is what we are doing in the United States of America today. We have left the word of God. We are, we are trying to throw back in God's face what she read in 1 Samuel 8, 6. We no longer want God to rule over us. And he's going to allow that, folks. He's going to allow yeah. that to the so-called Christian church. Go ahead. Absolutely. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now, Israel went out to battle against the Philistines and encamped beside Ebenezer, and the Philistines encamped in Aphek. Then the Philistines put themselves in battle, oh, excuse me, in battle array against Israel. And when they joined battle, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 men of the army. Hold in on the field. Hold, hold on. Okay. Folks, if God allowed this to happen to his people Israel, the chosen race, are we so naive in this country to believe that after all these years of nothing but blessings that he is going to turn us over to total total destruction? Now look at these people. This here, 4,000 men in one day. You know what? although it doesn't say one day, but I'm going to assume it was in a short period of time. 4,000 people. But the people did not wake up, folks. We have killed anywhere between 70 and 90 million babies in the last 51, 52 years. And we have been silent in the churches about it. People say, what can I do? Really? I'd like you someday when you go into eternity Ask a lady named Rosa Parks what one person can do. Yeah. One person who's committed to something. I'm serious. You're right, Carl. Ask that You're lady. Right, Carl. Oh, I, she gives me goosebumps because I yeah. know that I have sat by and I have done nothing. Okay. Remember the old Don Knotts, the comedian? Don Knotts always used to quit. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to get involved. Yeah. That's the way Carl yeah. has been. Carl has been that way. I'm now 80 years old. I can barely maneuver myself. But I have sat by since abortion started. When it started, I justified it. Well, at least we're going to have doctors doing it under medical supervision. That was a coward's way out on my part. And I also, like everybody else who says, what does one vote mean? I thought, what can Carl do to do anything against abortion? Again, someday Rosa Parks, someday may meet her in eternity, and she may be able to tell me. I'm not saying go out and get political and and do what, what Rosa Parks did was nothing. She was just committed. And look what that lady did in the span of how many years, from 1955 or 56 down in Alabama, she changed the direction of the United States forever because she was committed to what she believed. We in the Christian church, and we means I and you, 
have not have not been committed to what we believe. We're committed right. until the pastor shuts up and we get out and get on with the business we got to do on Sunday. All right. And you know, Carl, no, you know, we don't have to we don't have to carry a picket sign. You know, we don't have to I do anything. That. That, that, Raven, it, that is the stupidity we've done. I have carried yeah. signs. Oh, that changed a lot, didn't it? Uh, you know what the best thing somebody could do as far as abortion is to walk down, in my opinion, I mean, or let me, let me not say the best. One of the things that someone could do is simply be down there, and if you see someone, just walk up to them and say, can I just pray with you? You don't even have to. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to be confrontational. You don't have. In fact, that'd be the worst thing you could do. You don't certainly don't say, "Boy, you're a bad person." Don't you know? No. Just just very gently say, "Can, can I just pray with you?" Can well, that I just would pray be with good, you, Raven. But hold on. What can we do? What did Rosa Parks stir up? that changed the laws in the United States. We can vote, folks. The, yeah, the, the, the so-called The so-called right, the so-called Republicans, whatever you want to call it, have historically, right. it's a joke that the, that, the, that the other side makes fun of. We do not vote. We do not vote. Don't touch my Monday right. night football. Don't touch my... Right my pornography on my cell phone. Let me continue to play the game. One thing we could have done, folks, and we dropped the ball, and I mean I. Oh, I went and voted, but I never got into anything controversial. No, no. I'm Don Knotts all the way, and I'm going to hear about it. Yeah. We could have voted. I mean, you know. We still don't vote. We could have influenced someone else's vote. Yep, this group, folks, the so-called right or whatever you want to call it, Republicans, it's historical that we are passive and we don't vote in mass. Yeah. No, causing a riot or the stupidest thing we've ever done, in my opinion, is blowing up abortion clinics. So we're killing people yeah. because we're protesting killing babies. Now, that doesn't make sense right. even if there is no God. That's a stupid statement. Right. We if have you have a neighbor, where... I just going to say, if you have a neighbor that can't get out, and maybe you know, I mean, you know, an elderly neighbor, ask them if they're registered. Ask them if they need a ride down to the voting booths. You know, I mean, there are things we can do. Well, okay, but it's done. It's gone, folks. It is beyond bringing back. I'm talking about what we could have done. So that's all I ever hear people say. What does my vote count? What could I have done to stop abortion? You could have in mass got off our dump and did what the other side did. And I give Rosa Parks and her and her fellow people credit. They believed in what they believed and they got the laws changed in this country. We are too stinking busy with chasing our our gold, our money, our dreams, whatever it is. We are known right. in this country, the non, the, the 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 right, the Republicans, whatever you want to call it, are known for not turning out and voting. Right. We have done nothing. 
We have done nothing. And how many people have died? Now, let me ask you a question. There was an old, an old man, 6,000 years old now, who killed his brother. It was called yeah. uh, Cain killed his brother Samuel. And what did God do? He came to he came to he came to Cain and he gave him a chance to repent. He would not repent and he has been in the lake he has been not the lake of fire. That's not is no no occupants yet. He has been in the burning side of Hades for the last six thousand years. Because he now, if God is gonna forgive this country for doing nothing and and walking by seventy to ninety million abortions. I hear all these figures from the CDC, the AMA. The nearest I could have from everybody I hear is between seventy and ninety million. And God would not tolerate one person's death. You think we're going to get away with this? If He does, I. In all honesty, and this is a terrible thing to say. If the, world, if the world ended and all the history are written and God did not take vengeance on us for abortion, I would have to say I'm an atheist, and I'll leave it at that. All right, we've read up to, uh, we've read up to uh, verse 2. Remember, yeah. this, is a, this is I don't want you to look at this as history. This is going to happen to the USA because we are not yeah. following God. We've got our ministers. We've got a major denominations, more than one, demanding that you ordain lesbians and 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 homosexuals, demanding that you yeah. perform same-sex marriages. These are not just wackos from Waco. These are major denominations, more than one. Yeah. We've got major denominations in Christianity who are now putting Korans in the pew to read because it's like one man who came up with Chrislam, who has been a who is a PhD and a and a, and a Southern Baptist a Baptist evangelist. In addition to saying the Bible has no relevance today, today has no relevance to the Bible. We no longer need a Bible. He has said that Christianity is just one one way to God, that Islam is another way to God. And he wants to get Roman Catholicism in. He is retired. Whether he's given up on that, I don't know. But, folks, my point is the, the horses are gone from the barn. There's nothing you can do yeah. now. Go pray for a person, yes. Go even offer them assistance, yes. Do that. But we... As a group of people who are in my age group are going to be held accountable somehow, some way, it's coming. Yeah. And, I, and I'm serious. If God did not do it, even though my little hide is going to singe, and I'm not saying I'm going to lose my salvation, I never said that, but we're going to pay, or he owes Cain a whole lot of apologies. God does, and that's stupid. All right, let's go to verse 3. Right. And this is Israel. And this when the, is the people God delivered out of the miraculously out of Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. Listen to what he does to them. And when the people had come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, 
Why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? Oh, can the you Ark imagine, of the Raven, hold on. Right. Hold on. Can you right, imagine? Yeah. And we're yeah. going to say when, the, when, this, when, when disaster happens in this country, why, how could God do this to me? I give money yeah. to the church. I paint this building. I, I, I go on foreign trips and I, I help rebuild Costa Rica or the Dominican Republic when it has a, a tornado hit it. How right. could God do this? Yes. Yes. It's the atheists who are shaking their fists at the sky saying, how dare you kill my child? <laughs> but, but then at the, yeah. in the, on the other side of their mouth say, I don't believe in God. Yes. There you go. Yes. Exactly. Now look at this. Mm-hmm. The people came into the camp and the elders of Israel said, wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today before the Philistines? Now look what the people of Israel do next. Go ahead. Okay. Let us bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord from Shiloh to us, that when it comes among us, it may save us from the hand of our enemies. Whoa. (laughs) In other words, let's put a a cross up on my wall. That'll save me. (laughs) Well, but hold on. At least they're turning to God here. They're turning to God. Let's Except in the superstition, they're turning to religion. They're turning well, to religion, superstitious. If I have the thing here, the thing will save me. It says, let's let's get the Raven, ark of the covenant. covenant. Raven, 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 slow down a minute. I have not okay. finished my statement. We oh, have not sorry, finished reading the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey said. What All I'm right. showing you here is a, a, a cause and effect. After these people lose 4,000 men in one day, how much are we going to have to suffer in the USA Christian churches before we finally even turn back to thinking about God? That's my point. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying superstition. I was raised in a religion where you wore a crucifix around your neck. You wore a scapula. You went all through. I have. I. I know more than ninety percent of the people probably listen to Christian radio. What superstition is, but I see something right. here that could be, and we're going to read and see. Let us fetch what? the ark of the covenant. How long is it going to take us, folks, in the United States before we get serious about seventy to 90, 90 million being murdered? And with us not voting against it and us tolerating it, how long is it going to take us to suffer before we decide to turn back to God? That's my point. How long? Gotcha. Okay, yeah. go ahead, Four. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I had to ask you a question because you, you said something and I don't know what it is. Yeah, go ahead. What is a scapula? Scapula. What is that? Scapula is a, <laughs> it was a piece of material that had certain religious statements on it. And if you wore that and it was blessed and you wore it for so many months, you would get and made novenas and things. I don't want to go into all of it because it's a lot of religious right, laws. Right. But it would be something that under certain conditions, if you met them, you would get a 
uh, a plenary indulgence uh, which would wipe away all your purgatory time. And that's the short part of it. Oh, so very superstitious type of thing then. Yeah. Well, the, hmm, all religion. Here, all religion right, right, is right. superstitious, including those that tell you all you have to do is accept Jesus. Ask him into your heart. Be baptized right. in water. That's superstition right. just as much as the denomination I was raised in. Okay. It, it, was this one of those things that go around your neck? Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. It was the a material type one, thing. Okay. one across. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. It's okay. no different I just was than curious. race car drivers. Hold on. It's no different than back in the in the late 40s and the 50s or 60s, and I am a great auto racing fan, uh, I would mm-hmm. look at race cars, and many of them had the St. Christopher medal in, uh, attached to the dashboard of the car, of the race car. That's superstition. That's no different, right. folks, right. than superstition that says you must be baptized in water. No different than superstition that says your sins are all exonerated and you're saved. You're in the Harper Valley PTA when all you do is ask Christ into your heart. Just trust Christ. Christ. Not one word about repentance. Not one word about turning from your cell phone where before you get out of bed in the morning, you've got any pornography on it you want. Right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So when are we going to get uh, to a point we say, when are we going to get to a point where we say, it may save us out of the hand of our enemy? We ain't there yet. How much more is it going to take Christianity? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, now let's see what happens. Now with Paul Harvey's statement, let's go to the rest of the story. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from there the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of Hosts, who dwells between the cherubim. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted so loudly that the earth shook. Now when the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does the sound of the great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? And they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. So the Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for such a thing has never happened before. Hmm. Okay. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? These are the gods who struck the Egyptians with all the plagues in the wilderness. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men. Let's stop stop right there. Okay. How long is it going to be? How much are we going to have to lose in verse 2 before we turn to God, which they did in verse 3? Now, I will confess something to you. When I first started reading this and I got to verse 3, I thought this was all a scam. But as you go down and read, these people were sincere. How far are we in the American Christian church going to have to go before we turn back? Or may we never? May is judgment already started. 
That's a question yeah, I'm asking I, you. I don't want to take this as history. I want to I take this and apply it to me. Huh? I think it's a possibility. The judgment has What's already started. Oh, I, I the judgment. do too. Yeah. I do too. But hold on a minute. Even if it has, we can still reach the remnant. So don't don't quit. Yes. But look at this. Yeah, exactly. How much, folks, is a, how much is modern Christianity, with its multi-trillion-dollar business, going to have to lose before we turn back to God? Before we have evil ministers making comments about you, the Bible is not pertinent to today. Today is not pertinent to to the Bible. You realize, folks, right. well, this is the voice of Satan speaking through people who are supposedly ordained ministers. How much more are we going to have to go through before? And maybe, maybe it's over. Remember what God did many times in the Old Testament. When he determined that your number's up, it's up. It don't make any difference what you do. Right. Absolutely. Now, notice in verse 8, the enemy knew what these gods, even though they hated God, they knew what they did to the Egyptians. When are we going to go on the offense? We talk about all this victory in Jesus, power in the blood, and we sit there like wimps. I'm not sure we're wimps. I think we're just so darn anxious to get out of church and get our obligation done. And I'm not saying everybody, folks. I'm talking the church in general. And if somebody thinks I'm just being crude, which I am, I accept that. Look at the condition of the United States of America. Look at the condition that your grandkids are growing up in right now. Yes. Yes. Mutilating children. All right. Yes. Now let's go to verse 9. This is now the, this is now the continuation. The Philistines are talking. They know that the God who wiped out Egypt and caused tremendous pain and suffering in Egypt, they know this God is now with the Hebrews, and they know the Hebrews have turned back to God. Oh, go ahead with the nine. All right. Be strong and conduct yourselves like men, you Philistines, that you do not become servants of the Hebrews as they have been to you. Conduct yourselves like men and fight. Okay, now. So the Philistines. What, do, okay. what, what does biblical Christians do? What did the Hebrews do? which were biblical followers of God in those days. It says, O Philistines, that you not be servants unto the Hebrews. 450 years in the book of Judges, nine times after God had forgiven them, they willingly went and served other pagan gods. Willingly. Yes. We're doing the same thing, folks. We're doing the same thing in the churches today. When we're degrading the Bible, we're giving sermons off of sermon.com. We don't even have the trust in God to believe that he'll give us something to say in a Bible study. We're preaching and teaching out of commentary. 
Yes. What in the well, we're heavens name? We, we are trying to serve the enemy. And the, at least yes. these heathens, the Philistines, were smart enough to know we don't want to become slaves of the of the Hebrews. Right. All right, go to verse 10. All right. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. Every man, man fled to his tent. There was a very great slaughter, and, and there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. 30,000. Yes. Also, the ark of God yes. was okay, captured. Wh- okay, what, is this, what does this mean? Do you see what I'm saying, folks? I told you earlier in Hebrews 3, 7 through 11, that there came a time with the people that God took through the Red Sea where there came a time where God said, you're done. Oh, they weeped and they cried and they did this and they did that. Now, back to your original point, Raven, and you are right. It appears you, you, not appears, you are right. When they were just going to bring back, they were going to bring back the Ark of the Covenant. It doesn't mean that Mm -hmm. they were going to repent. And that's where I see us today. When things get tight, first thing we want to do, we got to all have prayer meetings. Are we really right. turning back to God? Are we really confessing our sin? You see now where God's allowed 30,000 men to be killed in one day? The yeah. mere fact that they turned back to God, and you were right, Raven, but I wanted to get there the long way. In verse 3, it was just religion. It was religion. It was religion. And that is what the modern church is today. We're oozing out of our pores, every pore in our body, religion, rather than faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. We still want to do it ourselves. The only effect that we see about their religion in verse 3, do you know what? As Pastor Dave right. says, the H E double toothpicks, it scared the H E double toothpicks out of the Philistines. Yeah. But there comes a point, folks. Have the United States crossed the have we crossed the point of no return? I don't know. Well that's not biblical. It is biblical if you don't repent. That happened in Hebrews three, seven through eleven, where God said they did not they did not they did not rest in me while for forty years they did not trust me. They will never enter my rest, which means an eternity. Are we pushing that envelope in this country? I'm all, I'm not condemning anyone. I'm just asking. Right. Take this stuff as written yeah. to you. First Samuel chapter four is not written. To any uh, to any culture, it's written to you and I, folks. And uh, look, they they lost thirty thousand men. And what happened to the Ark of God? The religious exercise. Read eleven. All right. Also, the Ark of God was captured, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, died. There you go. Now, these two sons of Eli, go back to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. 
Eli was a sort of the high priest of the priests. He had two sons who were also priests. But First Samuel 2.12 says the sons of Eli were sons of Satan, Bilial, and they knew not the Lord. How many people are in the ministry today that we are paying after tax money to and paying allegiance to who are not even born again? They're sons of Bilial. I'm telling you, we got to wake up, folks. You got to. I'm not saying start a revolution. Don't say one word if you determine your church is not biblically correct. Quietly leave. Don't start a rebellion. Don't get people on your side. That is not the point. Get out of it. You better. You better take care of yourself, folks. You better take care of yourself. I personally, and it's only an opinion. I think we have passed the line of no return. But there are still human souls, the remnant, that we can rescue. And that's what we got to do. Yeah. That's why, Raven, yeah. when you said pray for people, these abortion people who are having abortions, that is a great idea. You're not going to change the country. It's gone. We're, we're right. done. We have cast our yeah. lot with abortion, and we're going to pay for it. But the point is you can still go to individual people and pull them out, as James says, literally from the fire of hell. Yeah. So don't give up. Don't yeah. give up. Don't give up. Right. Right. But we're not going to win people over by screaming and yelling and, and burning down abortion clinics and killing people. Well, that's, we're going to win that's, people. That's what... How? We're going to win people with the the same love that Christ had, with 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 the love of Christ, with giving the gospel to people. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't the occasional need for the way Paul went up to Peter and said to his face, "You're a hypocrite," but that has to be done with God telling you when to do that. We don't just go, That's a you know. That's a what? That's a watchman. A watchman. Right. right. But we have to be very careful. We don't just go running around telling people you're a sinner and you're this. And we have to be very careful because we don't want to push people away from God. We want to draw no. people to God. You know. And right. and we cannot expect. We cannot expect the same behavior from unsaved people as we expect from saved people. They don't know him. They, they don't have the ability to change. They have no ability to change. They don't have the Holy Spirit in them. So when you are out there screaming and yelling and calling people, uh, you know, uh, calling people names and, and, and telling them, you know, how horrible they are, oh, yeah, they are. They don't even know Christ. I mean, even as Christians, we goof up. So to sit here and tell people, you know, you know, you're you're just a horrible person and you're a sinner and blah blah blah. Well, of course they are. You know, I, I'm, and I'm not saying we shouldn't call out the sin, but to tell a person in particular, you know, you're just an evil, awful person. It, we're not really making any headway. What are we to do? That's Let's get opinion. to the Bible. Hold on. But hold on. Right. Let's go away from opinion. Yeah. 
I want you to read yeah. Romans one sixteen. Yeah. I'm headed right there. This is what Romans we're going to do. Yeah, no debate. For I about am it. no opinions. Let's read the yep. Let's read what has the power to change these people. Because Raven's right. These people can't change. They don't have any concept of what you're talking about. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first just, and also for the Greek. Let's just think of this. Let's think of this, folks. The gospel, the words of the Bible, which we have pastors and, and multimillionaire evangelists saying and ridiculing, that is the, the words of the, God, of, the, of the Bible. The words of Scripture have the power to change these people. Do you see why Raven says don't blow up buildings or anything? Because it's worthless. Yeah. The thing that we've got to do is what we don't want to do, and we're told implicitly or explicitly in the churches don't do, and that is bring the gospel to them. Bring the message of the yeah. Bible. Only the words of God will have the power to change them. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Okay, go to First Corinthians chapter one. All right. First Corinthians one, I'm there. Okay. I want you to go ahead and read verse eighteen. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah. let's see, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one. Eighteen through twenty one. This right. is it again, folks. Even though the church today ridicules the Bible, most people walk into church without a Bible. Most people do not read the Bible at home. The only thing that you can do to these poor people who are killing their own children is bring the power of God to them, and the very words of the Scripture have the power of God. Now, we just read it in one verse. Let's read four verses that you can't misunderstand this. You can't. Yeah. As much as the, the church might of, try to make you misunderstand it. Go ahead. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Do you see what that's exactly what, what Romans one sixteen says? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The words of the Bible, folks. Why? Because the Holy Spirit inspired every word. Yeah. The words actually have the power. Raven is right. You tell these people that they're they're going to go to hell, and they're going to. They don't even know what. They don't even. They can't relate. Right. But the words. They, of they God, look at you like that deer in the headlights. You know. Right. Yeah, but you you said yeah. you said what can we do? This is what we can do. We don't need an opinion. Yeah. You don't need an opinion. Just read what the Bible says. Read the Word of God to them because the Word of God has the power. Yes. For it is written. That doesn't mean that that you've got to quote the King James Version or whatever version. Give them what the Word of God said. Don't add to it or subtract. Yes. Because that has the power to change them. You really want to help people? 
Give them the word of God. Nothing changed you or I except the word of God if we have been changed. And that's a question mark. Amen, amen. All right, let's go to verse 9. What's written? Yeah, verse 19 is what the modern church has been doing about abortion. We're using man's wisdom. We're not bringing them the gospel because we are ashamed of it, which Paul said it is an do not be ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is an offense, and we don't want to offend anybody. Heavens no. Go ahead. Right. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Okay, when folks in churches are we going to tell our, are we going to demand from the from the so-called people called by God, the pastors and teachers of the churches, when are we going to demand that we don't want any more wisdom than men? I don't want any yeah. more pastors when you ask them, and this is a real-life situation. Went up to ask yeah. the pastor, oh, well, show me in the Bible where that's in the Bible. He said, it's not in the Bible, it's what I think. I don't want any more man's wisdom, folks. Don't we see where this country has gone from a superpower to instead of Uncle Sam, it's Uncle Sap? The rest of the world looks at us as a joke, and we are. Why? Because we have left God. The same as the Philistines look at Israel as a joke. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. That's in the churches. Does Carl say don't go to church? I never said that. I have always gone to church, and I always will. I will make it my business to find a church that is preaching the truth. They're out there. So don't use that as an excuse. Don't say Carl said don't go to church because I don't follow that myself. But I'm telling you, you've got to demand that people go back to the Word of God in these churches or get out and support a church that is preaching the Word of God. Usually the church that's preaching the Word of God is going to have 10 people in it. And Raven and I know that story. Yeah, true. I got to tell you, in fact, let me me interrupt this a minute. I got a call, Raven, Friday afternoon. It lasted three hours. Wow. From... The pastor's ex-wife. Tuesday night, remind me. I got. I got to tell you about that. Wow. Wow, that's that's you, amazing. You, I don't know that you ever met her. I don't know you did. You may have. Mm, no, I did not. Okay. You uh, what, remind me to tell you about that. That was I, I. That was the most edifying phone call I've had because oh, I was afraid wow. this lady had given up, and yet she is so she is trusting Christ more than I envy her and her her faith in Christ. That's wonderful. I had thought that things were going the other way, so that's. I did too. Oh, that's a blessing. I even here. told her. That's a blessing. I told her that. I said I thought everything I've been hearing from the from the you know the the peanut gallery, and and she right. no, she said no. All of this stuff has only made me depend more on Christ and become more <laughs> dependent on Him. No, it was a great Hallelujah. conversation. Yep. That's beautiful. All right. 
Let's go to verse you know, 20 and, and, and Let me just say, we yeah. need to rejoice. We need to rejoice when we hear these, this kind of news. Oh, you know, I told and, and to I, everyone I out there. Yeah. Yes, when we hear that either someone has come back to Christ or someone is, you know, yep. moving further back into their, you know, relationship with Christ, whatever, you know, or someone has, has, has come to Christ that wasn't before, we need to rejoice with, with someone like that because that is, if the angels in heaven, Scripture tells us, are rejoicing, why would we not? You know, that, that yep. is beautiful, beautiful news. And anyhow, folks, we should be what we're talking about is a pastor. He was one of the three best preachers I've ever heard. Uh, I've ever heard. And he had like 10 or 11 people. You're going to preach the truth. You're not going to have these ridiculous numbers and incomes. But you know what? The word of God is the power that will change these poor girls who are having abortions. All right, yeah. go ahead with 20 and 21. Uh, yeah. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And that includes the churches, folks, when they are not preaching the Scripture or they're preaching the Scripture by cherry-picking verses and not giving you the whole counsel of God to establish their agenda only. All this nonsense is a Bible study when we give you a piece of paper folded so you got four pages. And then they print right. verses in there with words missing. We did that in New York City when I went to grade school. And the nuns used to give us, in the third grade, we get sentences with the word missing. We're back to the third grade, and that's just what we're doing. Right. In churches today, right. that you even know where this church is. We're calling that a Bible right. study? That's a that is an right. insult to the Bible. Okay, go to verse yes. And it's an insult to and it's an insult to our intelligence, really. You know, it really is. Uh, it, it is really when is. you think of it. But you know what, Raven, yeah. we fall for it. There's people yeah, you do. and I know that this is the greatest Bible study in the world. And yeah. of course the verses are all hand picked. They don't give you a whole chapter where you read the context. But right, anyhow, exactly. this is not the me venting is not the purpose of this show. The purpose of this, folks, well, is the to turn is, this. So, the, the thing is, we just sit there and we nod our heads and and go along with what's said without ever being like the Bereans and going back and and studying scripture to find out if all of that really makes sense according to God's truth. That's okay, Raven, go to, go to Acts 17.11, because I don't want people to think you're making this up. Acts 17.11. Yeah. Wow, I've even got that. it underlined. I've even got it underlined. It's all kinds of notes. There are, these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness and... Search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Isn't yes. that amazing? Isn't yes. that amazing? Yep. And guess who was the teacher, folks? 
It was Paul. And Paul yeah. was saying, search the scriptures daily to make sure what I'm telling you. Paul. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. He didn't want them to just believe what he said. He wanted them to look up what he said and search Exactly. Why? Because the very things Paul wrote, the words of God have the ability to change you. Let's finish 20 and 21 in yeah. 1 Corinthians 1. Uh, okay, the rest of 20. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Yes. And you know what's interesting about that sentence? We can use God's word only to make foolish the wisdom of the world. And when the someone uses are... some sort of church tradition, yep. the only thing to counter and that's it with what is we're God's doing. word. That's what we're doing, Raven. That's why we've got 90 million abortions and the church has done nothing. All right, yep. verse 21 is really going to give the clue, uh, repeat what we just read in verse 18 and Romans 1.16. Go ahead. All right. For since, in the, for since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased That's God what you're saying, Ray. Hold on. That's what you said about yeah. going up to these people and telling them they're evil people. They don't have any clue what yeah. you're talking about. Now, yeah. verse, the rest yeah. of this verse is going to go with verse 18. Verse 18 yeah. says, the power of God is in the word of God. Read the rest of 21. Yes. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. And yeah, we in the churches 18. are getting away from, and we are getting away by your pastors and your teachers from the word of God. When are we going to wake up and say enough's enough, folks? I'm not doing it anymore. Yes. I, I personally yes. don't think we are, but each one of you individually, folks, can make a difference. Don't go Amen. out and protest. Don't stand up and argue with a pastor during a sermon. Just quietly right. go to God first. You act yes. like you want wisdom on what to do, ask God what to do. God will never have yes. you start an insurrection. That's not his style. Go to yes, God first absolutely. and ask what to do. But folks, we gotta make we gotta draw a line in the sand. We gotta we gotta repent before it's too late. There's gonna come a time when we're not gonna have the time to repent. And even if the country, the, even if Christianity in America is under condemnation already, individually we can still repent. Please don't give up on it. Please Absolutely. don't give up. Okay, yeah. we're going to have to sign off and say a prayer. This was, uh, oh, I wish we had already? another half hour. But, uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. We're done. I didn't realize it was already that late. Okay. Yep. <sighs> Father, we, we thank you for this for this study today. This has been marvelous and enlightening and, and we Amen. appreciate Amen. the Holy Spirit so much. So much. And uh, we thank you for this week and we pray that you will bring us back next week with another wonderful study from your Holy Spirit to teach us even more. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Carl. Raven, are you going to be there this evening? 
I <laughs> no, I no, won't. No, I'm not. I, I'm not pushing. Okay, okay, okay. Well then, I no, will I'm, talk I'm to you on. Okay, I will Tuesday. talk to you on Tuesday night then. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I will. All right. Thank you so okay. much, Carl. Thank uh-huh. you for calling and Bye-bye. thank you for taking part. Folks, thank you for for listening. Take care. Mm -hmm. Bye-bye now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.